This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Hi, this is reigning rider Taylor Zimmerman, and you're listening to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast hosted by Auburn Elvis. Thank you very much. Hello, this is Auburn Elvis, and I wanted to start the show by thanking SMU's Taylor Zimmerman for that wonderful intro to get the show started. So now, let's talk about some college equestrian. Okay, we had week 16, the final week of the regular season. Most teams were finished, but not everyone. So, let's take a few minutes and do some meat recaps. The first meat to look at was Bridgewater at UT Martin. Now, this was a jumping seat-only meet, and I'll tell you, when I looked at the matchups, the stats suggested that this was going to go heavily to UT Martin, but oh boy, it did not. The Skyhawks won fences 4-1, to one, so you're thinking, okay, Auburn Elvis, you know, this seems pretty much like what the stats said. Uh, but then on we went over to the flat, and Bridgewater just went off. They swept the whole darn thing 5 to nothing. That made the final score 6-4 to four in favor of Bridgewater. Now, this wasn't a terrible loss for UT Martin. In fact, it technically was not a loss at all. Jumping seat-only meets don't count for the dual-discipline schools. They only count for the single-discipline schools. So this is not a loss for the Skyhawks. Uh, But it is a win for the Eagles, and a big one at that. Bridgewater has been looking really good these past few weeks. Uh, They were already in the number three spot, I think, in the single-discipline rankings. And this win puts them solidly at number three and maybe knocking on the the door on number two. I don't think they're going to move any further up right now, but this here win um, has just guaranteed uh, Bridgewater's probably going to Ocala. Now, I have no idea how the ECAC single discipline tournament is going to go. Bridgewater seems to be in the realm of Lynchburg and Sweetbriar as far as talent right now. So good job, Eagles. The next meet recap is the big one from this weekend, Texas A&M at SMU. Faithful listeners of the show will recall that SMU is an independent team now, um, so they won't have a conference tournament in two weeks like everybody else will. So these last two meets of theirs have effectively been their conference tournament. Now, as you'll recall from last week, they won at Baylor by two points. So let's see how they do at home on Senior Day against Texas A&M. The matchup seemed to favor SMU in everything but reigning. So Texas A&M really wanted to basically hold their own as best they could in all the jumping seat and the horsemanship events and then hope to bag a lot of reigning points and and hopefully get the win that way. So let's see how it all went. First up was equitation on the flat. This one was a 2-2 split. Okay, good job Aggies. You did what you needed to do. You're hanging with the number one team on the road. Next was horsemanship. So, okay, as everyone here should know by now, SMU has one of the top three horsemanship squads in the nation, depending on where the meet is. Well, this is a home meet, so it looked like things were probably going to go pretty well for them. Now, it only went 3-1 to in this event for SMU, making the halftime score 5-3 to SMU. So, okay, this was not a terrible uh, event for A&M. They're only down two at the break. Um, now we're going for the best of 18 because we had those two ties. So basically if you can get up to 19, uh, then you've tied it and 10, you could win it. So on we go to the second half. Now in the second half, we had fences and that also went three to one for the Mustangs. So now we've got a score of eight to four for SMU. Plus there was another tie in this event. So the first team to nine points is going to win it all. 
Um, but you know, raining is SMU's worst event comparatively, and the matchups looked pretty good for the Aggies, so maybe they could get those four points, or five points even. Well, no, raining went 3-2 to two for SMU, and that made the final score 11-6. to six. This was a good win for SMU. Like we said, this is it for them for a month, and they're going to have to basically sit around and wait for everybody else to do their conference tournaments. I think the big question is whether the voters will keep them up at number one, because if TCU or Auburn gets really hot and just tears through their conference tournaments, it you know leaves it open to where the voters could move SMU down. So prepare yourselves. If you're a Mustang fan, you're basically going to be sitting on pins and needles for the next two weeks, wondering if you're going to you know be on the same side of the bracket as Auburn or TCU. For the Aggies fans, uh, in this meet, it wasn't terrible. You know, you went on the road to the number one team in the nation, and you kept it sort of close. Uh, Road meets are tough, and from here on out, everything's going to be a a neutral site for you, sort of. So, not too bad. Now, after that meet, we had our final little dessert meet that we could savor before the regular season was officially over. And I'm not talking about that exhibition meet that UT Martin had uh, against Miami of Ohio. The Skyhawks just put a whooping on them, and they won it 17-4, to which is a really weird score because there were actually uh, six rides in horsemanship, which kind of messed up the Western equivalency total and undervalued the jumping seat rides a little bit, but it wasn't official anyway, so it was all for funsies. So good job up there. But no, the actual meet that I'm referring to is a single-discipline meet between Lynchburg and Oklahoma State. The Cowgirls started a few new riders, uh, so on paper, things look pretty good for Lynchburg going into this. Uh, You know, these other girls, they've never ridden before. The Lynchburg girls have, so maybe they could get some points here. Um, But no, once the ride started, it was pretty much all Oklahoma State. The Cowgirls won fences 5 to nothing and flat 4 to nothing, making the final score for all you Alabama fans out there 9 to nothing. So yeah, this was pretty much a beatdown, and while we did expect OSU to win, I think we kind of thought that Lynchburg would get a couple of points. They usually do in these kind of meets. We saw in that other single discipline only meet this weekend that a small school can do well and actually get a win against one of these uh, dual discipline teams, but there still is kind of a really big gap between the large schools uh, and those uh, single discipline schools. Anyway, This was a shutout. Uh, It's probably not going to hurt Lynchburg's spot as the number one single discipline team because, you know, it was against a good team at their place, and that's just how it goes sometimes. That has been all of our meat recaps. Now, at this point in the show, I would normally do some meat previews, but I'm probably going to wait until I find out how the um, Eastern College Athletic Conference is doing their uh, tournament, and then I'll just do one big tournament preview show next week. So, instead of previews, let's look at which teams are safely in the national championship tournament and which ones really need to build their resumes a little bit. Now, the first team is SMU. (laughs) The Mustangs can't do anything else because they don't have a conference to beat up on some other teams this year. So, they're really hoping that Auburn and TCU loses so that uh, SMU can stay number one, and those two teams will likely end up on the other side of the bracket. We'll see how it all goes. Number two is Auburn. The Tigers are easily in the national championship, but they really want to win a record fifth straight SEC championship, and they are the favorites in that. Now, if they can pull it off, that actually might be enough to get them on up to number one since they did beat SMU this season. Now, the number three team is TCU. 
The Horned Frogs are also looking forward to their conference tournament. The Big 12 tournament is at Oklahoma State this year, um, but I think the horses that will be used, uh, at least if they end up facing each other, um, would be from Fresno and uh, Baylor. So the, the, the Frogs could get the win. We'll see. Now, number four and number five is some combination of Texas A&M. And Oklahoma State. They are both right behind the two teams I just talked about, so either could improve their national strengths with a good showing in their conference tournaments. But I kind of think Oklahoma State has the easier path because they're going to face Baylor, I believe. I haven't really looked into how the tiebreakers work on the standings, um, but I think they're going to face Baylor in the first round. Uh, Texas A&M has to face Georgia in the first round, which is a tougher team. And frankly, I would be actually a little bit worried if I were an Aggie. Georgia almost beat them in College Station last week, so at a neutral site, the Bulldogs could get that upset. Now, after those two teams, we have Georgia at number six. Like we just said, the Bulldogs could get that first round upset in the t- in the uh, SEC tournament, and they could even beat the winner of Auburn and South Carolina in the championship. Uh, but however things go, Georgia probably will not rise above number four, and they probably won't fall lower than number six. So this is kind of where they're going to be. Then below them, we have three teams vying for two spots in the national championships. South Carolina. <coughs> Fresno State and Baylor. And like I said last time, I think the selection committee will take whatever team gets a win between Baylor and Fresno State. Since they're in the same tournament, one of them has to get at least one win. And then that's going to leave South Carolina sort of in competition with whichever of those two teams does not get a win, or if they both get a win, whichever one looks worse. And frankly, uh, if they both got wins, then that would mean one of them is going to get two wins because they would play each other in the second round. But anyway, I don't think that's going to happen. So what we're probably looking at is Baylor and Fresno State would play in a consolation round, and whichever one of those wins is going to get in. And then South Carolina really needs to get one win in the SEC tournament. They're probably not going to upset Auburn, but they have a legit chance of getting a a win in the consolation uh, meet. If they did that, then they're in the national championship. If they lose both of those, they're probably still in because they're at number seven right now. And I think there's a good chance that we're going to see them stay ahead of at least one of those two other teams and get that last spot in the playoffs. However, I will say that the selection committee really likes Fresno State for some reason, even though the Bulldogs only have two noteworthy wins. And frankly, Baylor, who also has only two noteworthy wins, Baylor has better wins. Now, both Fresno State and Baylor beat each other at home, so those cancel each other out. But then when you look at the re- the rest of the resume, you know, Fresno State has beaten Oklahoma State at home, and they're number five. But Baylor beat TCU, who is number three at home. So that's more impressive. But for some reason, the, the voters have Fresno State higher than Baylor because they just rode against each other and It was at Fresno, and Fresno got that win. Well, Baylor got the win against them in the fall. So anyway, it's possible that what's also going to end up happening is the selection committee is just going to tinker around with those final three or four spots to avoid having two teams from the same conference face off against each other in the first round of the national championship because we've seen some suspicious seating that conveniently avoided that sort of thing in the past years. 
So basically, I bet wherever Auburn ends up, you probably aren't going to see South Carolina in the opposing bracket. So if Auburn ends up two, for example, then you probably won't see South Carolina finish at number seven. Um, the, the rankings people will probably bump them down to eighth or maybe not even invite them at all. We'll see. Now for the other teams like UC Davis. Hello. UT Martin and Delaware State. Well, your resumes aren't quite good enough. UC Davis has one marquee win over Auburn, and Delaware State has a win over Georgia. But to make it into the top eight this year, you pretty much need two or even three marquee wins uh, to get that high. And they had opportunities, but neither one of them could could really pull off yet another upset that would really stand out. So I'm afraid you're you're no matter what happens in your conference tournament, these teams are not going to get in. Now switching over to the single discipline teams, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, I think Lynchburg will stay the number one seed. But the conference tournament could change things for the Hornets. They lost to Sweetbriar not too long ago, and Bridgewater is looking really tough right now. The Hornets are a safe bet to make it into the tournament, but they're really going to need to win that conference tournament if they want to stay number one. Now, number two is Sweetbriar. The Vixens are in the same boat with Lynchburg. If they win the conference tournament, they'll probably be the number one seed. If they lose to Lynchburg, then they'll probably stay number two. If they get upset by someone else and somebody else ends up winning the tournament, then who knows where the Vixens are going to end up being seeded. But for right now, they're safe. They're going to make it into the national championship tournament. It's just we don't know where they're going to be seeded. Number three is Bridgewater. The Eagles are red hot right now, and nobody wants to ride against them in the conference tournament. I think if they get one more win, they could move up in the rankings. If they win the conference tournament, then they might even jump up to number one. Who knows? It's really crazy right now. But I will say that even if Bridgewater loses out, they're probably still in the national championship. Maybe. But don't lose out, Bridgewater. You wouldn't want to do that. That's not going to look great. And after them, we have Suwanee. Sacred Heart. And Dartmouth. Yeah, Swanee looked really good early in the season, but it has been so long since they've ridden, who knows what they'll do in the postseason. Sacred Heart and Dartmouth, they could get into the tournament if they get a win or two in the postseason. It's it's really a wide open field at this point. We'll see how it all goes. So yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of War Horses. I will update you next week on the tournament previews, but for now, that's all for the regular season. So thank you very much for listening, and War Horses. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.